It's a. Uh, it's something that'll change the world and human life as we know it. He knows. He's seen the light. When Monty talks, it's painful. <laughs> Monty, you have been so instrumental in uh, kind of pointing me in the right direction. <laughs> it was about um, looking at your character defects and spirituality. Uh, it, it's the integration of clinical practices with uh, the 12 steps. It's an absolute pleasure. He certainly knows a lot of people. Uh, he's got a lot of energy. And sometimes when you don't have so much energy, he picks you up and carries you. And the Monty man there certainly helps. This is one of the places that is about the business of the solution. Views expressed on this special broadcast of the Take 12 radio show do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. KHLT is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Now here's that guy who's getting less popular minute by minute, your host, The Multiman. Well, greetings and welcome back to a very special episode. This is an edited version of the promises of each of the steps. We are picking up our conversation with my sponsor, Bruce H. and Marv R. on the promises associated with step nine. Now, step nine in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous reads, may direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Now, that's a mouthful. What does that all mean? What does that all entail? We're going to be talking about that. So let's pick up this conversation right now. Uh, so over the last few weeks, I've been receiving some letters from folks, from emails, uh, per my request. Have you ever attempted to make amends and it wasn't received? And you would love nothing more to reconcile with the individual, institution, or maybe even principal. Uh, and, uh, you know, things be well and hunky-dory, but it's not happening. You've done your part. You've done everything you're supposed to, <clears throat> uh, at least that you know of. And it hasn't been received well. And, and so um, I, I, picked, I, I picked three. Um, that I'm going to read to you, and then we're going to talk about the promises as a result of the ninth step. But uh, the first one was, and, and I'm reading this not because I understand it so much, as because I want people when I when I post a survey or I, I request somebody to respond, when you fill out one of these forms, please be very thorough because I I don't get it. So the first one says, uh, for the past <clears throat> for the past days, I was suffering from. I was suffering because my relationship with my girlfriend didn't work out. Even though I loved her so much, she left me all alone. I was crying and drunk for two two months. Okay. <laughs> um, you need to be a little more thorough than that. I appreciate I appreciate you sending in your 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 thing, but please, you guys, I I'm not sure what all that means. Uh, so the question is, did you try to make amends and it didn't work out? And um, and you're wondering why. So, so here, here's the first uh, letter. Uh, <laughs> the other one was just an example of a bad submission. Uh, okay. When I was still using and drinking, I tried to make amends to my childhood best friend at the time because I had inappropriate behavior with his wife. I was told and I fell for it by a so-called friend of the same faith uh, as my childhood best friend to apologize for my inappropriate behavior with his wife. 
My friend said in front of my face that it was all right that I apologized about the situation. The person of the same faith, Christian faith, was a controlling sick individual himself too. He was probably more so controlling and sick than I was at the time, even though uh, he wasn't an alcoholic. The first, the next day, my childhood friend became very furious, talking about he went to his childhood friend now, as as suggested by this other guy. Um, when he saw me, when I entered the gas station where he was working, I had worked in that same station that my best friend was working a few years before. Every time I saw my now former best friend, he was always furious, and I had and I had ruined years of friendship ever since we were children. Now that I have been in a 12-step program uh, for a few years, the program has taught me to not make amends if it would injure the other person. I ended up injuring the other person, and he never forgave me. I even wish today with all my heart that I wouldn't have made that so-called apology and that I still had our precious relationship that we had as children and even as teenagers in some of the 20s. Uh, I ended up uh, scarred by the controlling person of the Christian faith uh, through the years because I was too weak to get out of that situation. I finally became strong enough and let him go. It has been hard to come to forgiveness of my controlling ex-friend, and sometimes when I think about the things he did, I get angry and have to ground myself through prayer and ask for the spirit of forgiveness from God. My controlling friend ended up committing suicide in the not-too-distant past. Uh, my my program has taught me that I can't save myself at the expense of another person's well-being. It has also taught me that when I am to when I am to make amends, and I am to go to a sponsor, life coach, or spiritual advisor and run it by them first, and not foolishly take matters in my own hands. I need to always pray before I make amends and be guided by God ultimately. And, and lastly, I pray that someday my former <clears throat> excuse me childhood friend may find it in his heart to forgive me, even though I may never see him again. Who knows? I may one day see him in heaven with me and be reunited in perfect peace. So he, this gentleman, had a had a a friend of the same faith tell him, "You need to go to this guy and apologize <clears throat> for messing around with his his girlfriend." And so he did that, and it didn't turn out too well. And the guy's never spoken to him since. The guy that recommended that he do this killed himself. Um. Wow, that's quite a, quite a story. Um, so do you think our, our author of this gets it? I think he gets it now. I think he gets it now. Yeah. He gets it now, but he, he surely didn't get it before. No. Even though he went and got advice, which is a, probably a good thing to do. Right. Uh, he, I don't believe he had done the steps prior to the. Exactly. To exactly. the, to the amends. What do you think, Marv? Think he gets it now? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm kind of thinking a little bit farther down the line. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the bigger book talks about there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Yeah, but every one of us um, have to have this little thing called discernment mm. to try to figure out if what your counselors are telling you fit the situation you're in right as an individual right so <clears throat> i guess what i'm trying to say is um you know the guy he went forward based on 
his spiritual advisor or counselor or whatever you want right. to call him, but um, did he stop for a little bit and say, wait a minute now, is this going to fit this situation? Yeah. I mean, it might be wisdom for one person, but for another individual it may not be. Good point. You know. Yeah. So, um, um, oh, boy, I lost my train of thought. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's those glasses you're wearing. I know, it? I know. I hate um, them. I'm wearing red frame glasses, everybody. I hate these things. It almost sounds like to me that the guy that he went to make amends with mm-hmm. didn't even know about it. Exactly. So, uh, boy, you know, you really need to be in, in some sort of uh, – um, Really want some wisdom before you go. You bet. And it sounds like this other guy who recommended that he do this was very controlling. So you need to do this. I mean, sometimes we fall under the accountability of of spiritual advisors or people in our faith or whatever that are very controlling. And they'll say, you have to do this or you can't come to church here or whatever. You know, this was kind of an ugly thing. I'd like to say something to try to follow up on what Marv is talking about here. I think we do need discernment. You know, and uh, we have to take a look at it. Does it fit this situation? Is it appropriate in our lives? Because we're the one that's going to reap the benefits and we're going to get the backlash if that's what it is. Sure. See, this is about our lives. And that's why I'm going to say this. And the the ninth step is vitally important for this because we're trying to be on an altruistic plane. We're trying to be... The unselfish concern for another human being is just isn't about cleaning up your side of the street. Yeah. This is about doing <clears throat> these steps and trying to get a relationship with your creator. And ultimately, I think we would be learning to trust God and go to him and get some of that discernment to ask for direction and purpose in our lives. And would this glorify God when we go there and then chew on that and learn to develop mm-hmm. that kind mm-hmm. of uh, reasoning mm-hmm. because, see, we're out to do his will, not ours. Right. See, we're not out to make ourselves feel right. better. Right, right. And right. it sounds to me like this wasn't thought, thought through and it's just what Marv said. But I believe that it's maybe because the person wasn't applying the steps properly. Yeah, and I don't think he knew he, any better. Now he has that relationship. Now he knows. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, here's story number two. Um, uh, Okay, uh, I got sober via the VA hospital's treatment program in 1994. While working the steps and wanting to clean house, I had a longtime school friend that I owed an amends to. I called him and explained the purpose of wanting to set right the direct wrong and why. I was told by him in so many words to have a good life and good for you, etc. Later... (laughs) Yeah, what's that, et cetera. Uh, Later, I realized he was under the influence and not receptive to anything positive. Since then, I had moved from the area and continued walking forward in the program of recovery as outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's been nearly 20 years since I had spoken with this person, but while reviewing where I'm at spiritually and emotionally, this occurrence pops in my mind. I have done some searching for his phone number and have come up blank. Recently, I saw a posting from a mutual friend on Facebook that he had spoken with this person and that contrary to popular belief, he's still alive and well. 
Uh, I contacted this person that spoke with him and let him know what my home phone number is. So next time he made contact with our old friend to pass it along and that I'd like to hear from him. Once again, I had to put this into God's hands. The willingness is there to make this amends, but I know not to push the issue. And I'm patiently waiting for it to be revealed to me what to do on taking the right action. Good. Good. Yeah, that's exactly what uh, has been happening with me where I told you I had that um, amends I wanted to make. Mm -hmm. And I knew if I did, it would injure the person and others. You know what I mean? Right. So I I prayed to God and asked God to hold me. In, uh, to, uh, in readiness, willi- readiness yeah. and willingness that if that door ever opened, that he'd <clears> give <throat> me the strength to walk through it because I knew that the longer you not don't do these things, the easier it is not to do it. Well, it's been okay, so yeah, we won't go forward type thing. So right, the strength right. to do the proper thing and and it would be open for me. Well, that person has passed away now, mm-hmm. and uh, I've. I'm okay with this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not, you know, uh, upset about it at all. I yeah. I know I've done the proper thing and that it would have just caused more harm. Sure. Sure. Yeah, you bet. So, so step nine, make direct events to such people. What are the such people? The people are on men's list. Uh, so, obviously, you can't do this step if you haven't done the previous steps because you didn't make a list, um, which goes back to my beef and Cecil's beef about why are we reading the promises of the ninth step in a meeting when people don't even know what the ninth step is. Um, and, and it says, except when to do so would injure them or others. And we've spent a great deal of time before talking about the others is not us. Um, so let's let's look at some of these promises. Now, uh, there's a couple here before we get to... Um, to the part I really want to focus on, but but we'll, we'll cover them. If our manner is calm, frank, and open, here's the promise. We will be gratified with the results. Talking about our men's pro- pro- process. Uh, in, in Number two, in nine cases out of ten, here's the promise. The unexpected happens. Uh, is, that, is that true? Did that come true for you guys when you were making amends? Did, did you expect to get retaliation, but you got acceptance instead? Yes. Marv? Did everybody say, yay, Marv? Or were there a few people out there that saying, yeah, yeah, go fly a kite? <laughs> I don't I don't know how to answer that. There's always a few, I think, that, you know, that aren't received properly or we don't think they are, you know, right. in our own heads. Uh, but uh, the unexpected has happened. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when that happens to you, you know it because you're going there thinking, oh, boy. Right. And uh, the unexpected happens. Right. Right. Uh, number three says, rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. That's a promise. Rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. If we're doing this thing. Um, now, here's the part. If you have the right heart. If you have the right heart, yes. If you're doing it for the wrong motives, it, it's like the half measure thing. It really isn't going to work out. Um, this is what is the following is what is read in so many meetings today. It says, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development. Now, that's not the promise, but I want to camp out on that just for a second. When people read that, when I when I first heard that, it perked my ears up because I hadn't done these steps. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, what phase of my development? I know what they were talking about. Yeah, that's the requirement. 
Yeah. That's, that's the requirement. Well, the phase of my development is the amends phase. So if means it's conditional. So here we are in meetings reading the promises, like they're the promises of the entire you know program of Alcoholics Anonymous. They're the ninth step promises. If we are painstaking about making our amends, you know, another way to put it, uh, this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. Halfway through with what? The amends process. And it was amazing to me because I had all these people I needed to make amends to, and I didn't even get halfway through, and I was blown away by how people were receptive to, to me making amends. It did blow my mind because I was expecting... <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. some real harsh uh, kickback on it. So the promise is we will be amazed before we are halfway through. Um, here's another promise. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. You bet. I was no longer captive to to myself. I remember the story I told about I'm looking down at the floor afraid to look up. Right. At the person across the room because there was... Some controversy between us. Yeah. Didn't know how I would act, what I would say. Right. You know, if the person said something to me or something like that. And so when I made the amends, now I can be in the room with that person. See the freedom. Freedom from the bondage of self. There's nothing nothing more uncomfortable than being in a room and seeing somebody that, that you owe an amends to or there's tension between and not feeling like you can look up and look him in the eye. That's right. That's really uncomfortable, right, Marv? Marv. <laughs> <laughs> Marv's got some horses that he really can't just look in the eye and say, I'm really sorry. <laughs> uh, you know what, Monty? I, I'm kind of drawing a blank on all this, mm-hmm. and I don't really know why. Maybe it's because you're cold. Um, you got you got this cold going on. Um, I kind of... I'm a little bit fragmented. Are you fragmented? Yeah. Are you? Um, but one thing I, I would I keep going through my mind while we're talking about this, I should say while you guys are talking about this, because <laughs> I am kind of discombobulated um, today. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think part of the reason we will be amazed is uh, the fact that. Um, um, I think a lot of times God is opening doors and he he's not only working on the person trying to make the amends, but he's also working on the person the amends is being made to. Mm-hmm. And the amazing part about it, when you walk away from it, is, wow, you know, what happened here? It, this mm-hmm. is so neat, you know. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we're not forgetting that God's right in the middle of this thing. Right. Uh, if our attitude's in the right place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. I don't think you're fragmented at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think part of my problem is I'm trying to think of some absolute experiences oh, right. that I've had, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm kind of sort of drawing a blank here, yeah. you know, I'm just, yeah. whoa. <laughs> um, Okay, so in the next one, it says, we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. I don't know how many years I I spent in morbid reflection of the past 
and I and I would say to myself, I wish that had never happened. I wish I could just forget it. I wish I could just sweep it under the table. Th- things that I had, you know, worked on and things that I didn't want to look at, both. Here's where our growth process and mm-hmm. our relationship with God really matters because I absolutely believe that he has taken my greatest defect and turned it into my greatest asset. Mm-hmm. My addiction. Yeah. Wow. Yes, Abe. And even into the amends process, to be able to make amends, to, to do that in a heart that is wanting to put the other person's welfare first. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. That is just absolutely mind-boggling to me, is to have that sort of heart when you go out to make the amends. And that can only come from God. Yeah, because that's I, not our nature. That's not who I am. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so when I can do that, see, and so that I don't want to re- shut the door you know that this could be used in a in a manner that uh, is just absolutely astonishing. Uh, number seven, we will comprehend. I just love this one. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. I used to get serenity and happiness confused, um, and then it was explained to me that happiness is a word based on the happenings going on around me, based on my circumstances. And when life lines up like that, that's great. You know, and my circumstances are all just falling into place and I'm happy because everything's going smooth. But serenity, <clears throat> comprehending the word serenity was a whole different thing because I was told, guess what? I can have serenity regardless of the, of the things going on around me. Um, and that only came with a rela- by a relationship with God. Uh, and so... Comprehending the word serenity and knowing peace, um, I I found that even in the cases where I made the amends and it wasn't received, I could still experience serenity and peace. Mm -hmm. And that was huge. Um, Any thoughts? Here's how sometimes it's like like what Marv was just talking about Mm -hmm. to some extent. The difference in people, the way they express something, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just they're just doing it in a little different. I think that should be turned around in my head, see. We I think the... it should be peace and then serenity. Mm. Because in my relationship with God, he said he would leave me his joy. And what I want to do is try to rest in him. And yeah. when I do that and I have that sort of peace, then I get serenity. Isn't Absolutely. That weird? Yeah. That weird? Yeah. <laughs> see, I think we're saying the same thing, though, Bonnie. Well, you know, the word says, you know, may the peace that passes all human understanding guard your heart. Well, my heart's guarded by his peace. Yeah, but don't you think that you, Marv, and me aren't saying the same thing? Oh, sure. When he's saying God should be in the middle of it, I think we are saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just we have these different ways to explain ourselves. It's amazing to me. Jump in there, Marv, anytime. Okay. <laughs> well, I was, actually, I thought of an example, yeah. and, and it fits in with what you guys just got through saying. Um, 
it's going to take me a minute to tell a story, but that's all right. Uh, when I and I'll make it general as I can. When I was forty years old, I got cancer. So they did surgery on me, and as a result of that surgery, there is medical equipment that I have to deal with on a daily basis. Okay, well, there was a fellow that worked at the same place I did that uh, he had a this physical problem that resulted in... Uh, um, him having to use the same kind of medical equipment I do. Okay. So I did not like this guy. Okay. I I I had a, res a little bit of a resentment. I didn't want to be around him. I didn't want to talk to him. But when I found out he was going through this situation, I thought to myself at the time, I thought, you know, I wonder if I ought to go up to the hospital and visit him and acquaint him with this medical stuff that we have to do because uh, for the first week or so, it's kind of a hard deal, you know. And I thought, sure. well, I could make it easier. Well, I think uh, part of what was going on in my head is is uh, I, I I wanted to make this amends to the I didn't want to hold this resentment and and so that's what I did. I went up to his hospital and uh, room and talked to him and I explained to him what I'd been through and the medical equipment part of it and everything like that. He received it uh, very positively and when I walked out of that room is when Serenity and peace mm. came upon me. Wow. And I think the point, um, not that I'm trying to pat myself on the back, right. it's just something I experienced, you know, and this has been a while back. But um, And then uh, shortly thereafter, serenity and peace left me. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What I'm trying to say is, yeah, you get serenity and peace when you're doing God's will. I feel like God was talking to me. Hey, you go see this guy and and do this, this, and this. I did what I thought he wanted me to do, and actually I wanted to also. I wanted to help him. And uh, so I got serenity and peace, and and then the next little while, I can't tell you how long it was, I was uh, back into my old <laughs> way of doing things. Let me, let me ask you something. <laughs> Do you think that you, in your own abilities, without the spirit of the living God living in you, could have made that approach to him? No. No. That's why it is so important that we understand the third step, right? Yes, very much so. Um, you know, and it, it, it does say, you know, without me, you can do nothing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but, uh, and again, I know I've said this so many times in, in the last few programs, but it, it is progress, not perfection. And because I had that experience and, and for a while after I left there, I was feeling really good and, and great, 
about what I did. Sure. But it did that you can't depend on those feelings. Mm-hmm. And of course they left. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there we are trudging the happy road to destiny again, you know. But <laughs> but uh, uh, where was it back here somewhere? Uh, it was saying. Uh, uh, rarely do we fail to make satisfactory progress. Mm. That's what it was. It was progress. It was very satisfactory. Yeah. But then, all right, it's time to get on with your life, and boom, here's this other problem or situation or whatever. That Can I rabbit trail for one minute? Yeah. This is why I don't believe that it's let go and let God, even though I understand the terminology in what they're trying to say, you know, let let go, let God. We have a part to play in this. And it's like Marv said, he had to go make the amends. He had to to get this relationship to, to learn to try to do God's will, you see. And right. when we do that, then we get some sort of peace and serenity. It might be fleeting, but see, we have to step out and do this. Can I say in faith or learn to walk with God? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah so we play a part. So this let go and let God, I just well, think it's one of the things that, because people latch on to it. It's like progress, not perfection. Yeah. You know, it's an excuse to stay where you're at. Yeah. If you don't take the original sentiment behind the platitude or whatever it is, um, and that's one why it, it it's so important we have sponsors and stuff. Because a lot of these things that we say are really good. But if we don't understand what's fueling those, so let go of that God, you know, I was trying to control the whole situation. I was trying to be the director of the play. And and I learned that I needed to let go of my rights, you know, and let God take control. But we've misunderstood that for a long time. And we think it just means, well, God, God gets it. He'll take care of it. And we don't do anything. <laughs> and, again, that's, and that's your again, beef, right? Again, that's where discernment comes in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's learning to walk with him and, yeah. you know, and to get direction and try to learn to do his will, not yours. Yeah. And that's when you're you're concerned about the welfare of other human beings. So we're crying out loud, look who he came and saved. Take a look at yourself. <laughs> you know, and if we're going to try to have that kind of heart, yeah, you know, for yeah. other people like he did for us. In the middle, in the smack dab in the middle of the ninth step promises, we reach out to the other guy, our gal. Number eight, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we see how our experience can benefit others. Wow. We stop. We stop looking at at the promises coming true for us for a minute, right smack dab in the middle of it, and we're reminded that we're supposed to be living this life to benefit others. We've learned that our stories are there to be told to gain a person's confidence that we have a solution. Yeah, it's not to to, to tell our war stories thinking that that's going to help another human being. That's not true. Right. It might comfort them a little bit to know that there's somebody else yeah, you can who's get. done the same thing, but that's not the solution. That's not the solution. Yeah. 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 
and and my goodness, here in number nine, the feeling of uselessness and self pity will disappear. Boy, I'll tell you what: when you realize that your experience can benefit somebody, and you've got a solution that you can pass on to them if if they're willing to to take a moment and and consider this thing, um, it is a good feeling, if I can be so bold to say that, to know that God is using you. Uh, and, and, and it's just like the, 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 um, the jewels in the crown. So he gives them to us and then we lay them at his feet. So my uselessness that has disappeared. Now I'm being of use. I turn around and I give that back to God and say, thank you. I mean, cause I can't imagine why he would use somebody like me. Yeah. This self pity one is a huge for me. I mean, I have actually went in my room and felt sorry for myself until I was just sick before I could come out, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it was like I was drowning in it. When they talk about the morass, yeah. it's, it's a big one for me. I, I, oh, I suffer from it today. Sure. You know. And I, and I, I can fall into so, that. Yeah, so the feeling of usefulness and self-pity will, will disappear. It's, uh, it's there, and I know it's part of who I am, and... Uh, at least it doesn't drive my life like it used to. I don't have to hide in the bedroom for two and three days and refuse to answer the phone even to my own children. You know when self-pity hits me the strongest? During the holidays? Mm. Going, uh, this is just me, going to in-laws' homes and feeling picked on. Feeling like the black sheep. (laughs) Well, I'm just not going to say anything then. I'll just sit here and eat my turkey and ham and... (laughs) Can't wait to you leave can. this pe- these people's home and get home. <laughs> self pity, self pity, self pity, self pity. I'm telling you. And so I was told a couple of years ago, stop being a joy sucker. <laughs> uh, we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. <laughs> We're just talking about self pity. <laughs> So I'll can, leave that with you. <laughs> so I should tell my sister-in-law, can, can I get that chair for you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and I'm laughing, but really, you know, I have to determine like this, you know, like last year, I have to determine I'm not going to be a joy sucker. I had to do my part. I had to make a stand and say, I am not going to tolerate that behavior in me. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I don't relate to that. Well, it didn't go very well. I think I just nobody ever told me that. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Self-seeking will this will slip away, and it'll slip right back. <laughs> <laughs> Our fear. Uh, our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Isn't that the truth? I'm still blown away by by the way God has changed the way I perceive things. Well, look what we're doing. We're laughing about this oh, now. I know. This, I know. Is, this is really funny. <laughs> but I, I'm not getting mad at you and throwing something and then going hiding in my room, see? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Now, here was a huge one for me. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. Okay, now I heard that when I first came in the rooms, and I thought, what are you talking about? Because I hadn't, I hadn't made any kind of financial amends to my creditors. And the and fear of people, the, the, the owner of the liquor store right down the street from my house who come knocking on my door, want me to make good on those bad checks, 
and I had a I had a, a chain link fence in my in my in the apartment in my behind my apartment. I cut a hole in it so I could sneak out the back when this guy come a knocking. Mm. And then after work, and then I hey, I got a hole I can sneak out the back when the landlord comes a knocking. And it was all fear. I was afraid of these people. Well, that person in the room was fear about what they was going to do, what I was going to do, what people in the room would think about me if I yeah. did something. Yeah. You know, and the economic insecurity, we all understand that. that sure. You know, we want that financial uh, uh, freedom. You know, today I, I, I think I have a, just a clue what that's about. You know, I'm not financially secure as people would but think of today. But you don't live in fear of that I anymore. don't live in fear of that. Mm-hmm. Neither do I. Absolutely. That's what it is. It just blows my mind. I mean, I, I have no idea how we're going to pay this bill and that bill. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. it, it, I, you know what? It just doesn't upset me anymore. It just doesn't. It concerns me and that kind of thing, but I'm not freaking out. Put Barb on this next one because I don't even know what intuitively means. <laughs> we will intuitively know how to handle situations with which used to baffle us. You know what intuitively means, Marv? Mm. Intuition? Maybe, kind of, sort of. I think it's kind of an intuition thing. It's kind of an automatic response. We kind of respond. It's a knowing. Knowing, yeah. Where we didn't know before. Yeah, and and it's kind of like the fear of economic security. It's just knowing. uh, In that case, uh, God's going to take care of us. Uh, Why worry about it? Why be anxious? And he's going to take care of us. Well, the same thing in this uh, situations that come up, you know, we we just seem to kind of know how to go about it, mm. how to handle it. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never thought of that, Barf. You haven't. You know, I've well, annoyed. I'm no- not sure I'm right either, but that's just kind of the way I my take on it. That I like I, it. I've I've experienced that. Yeah, I like that. And and that can come at a moment's notice. That's what cr- cracks me up. Um, hmm. Oh, and then afterwards you're going, "Wow, I yeah, dealt, I dealt with that pretty well. Where'd that come from?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think what it's saying here, uh, interwoven in the tapestry of that statement, we will intuitively know how to handle situations with which used to baffle us, is is the reality that these things are going to come up again. There is going to be situations where we're going to have an opportunity to make amends in our future. Because it says these things used to baffle us, but we're going to know how to now. Well, why would we need to know how to now unless there's going to be more down the road? So I think this is preparing us to see, you know what? Life's not over. There's going to be stuff coming down the pike. But you're going to be better equipped to deal yeah, with it. Yeah, just because we've got sober life doesn't stop. Right. Well, and then mm-hmm. f- number 15, that's when it gives you the answer. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. See, and if you're not learning to walk with God or have some kind of knowing, right? you know, uh, if you're not growing in your wisdom and understanding of who he is and learning to trust, 
and uh, those sort of things. How would you know that? Good point. Good point. They call it God consciousness, but they use a lot of other terms that they're talking about, about trying to get a new attitude with our Creator, you know, and do His will. You see what I mean? So right. the, the depths are leading you to this process. And, and what I realized for the first time in my life that what he had done for me was that I didn't want to use. See, I don't understand that. The obsession had been lifted. Yeah. See, I, I'm here I am sober, and I wake up in the morning, and I don't think about where I'm going to get the money to get some drugs. See, that was a constant thought. That that was intuitively <laughs> part of your thinking before. Yes. You just automatically defaulted to kind of figure out yeah, how. Yeah, I woke up, to... I didn't feel good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, and then there's, once that thought was there, it never went away, see. So I think that's the insanity. I think that's the obsession. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that is what is the difference between the alcoholic and the heavy drinker. Mm-hmm. Because lots of people have the phenomenon of craving. If they drink, they want, to, they want more. Can, but can, not everybody has the obsession when they're sober. Can I say something? Yeah. That, that doesn't mean that a person is not an alcoholic, does it? If they don't have the obsession? Yeah. They're just not down the line as far. They're not that, that degree of alcoholism that we talk about. Because there's I think American Medical Association talks about a stage five alcoholic, stage three, and so, and so forth. I think... I think there are people that have, boy, lack of a better term, a lighter obsession <laughs> than pe- than other people, maybe. Well, I just I like to say it's not locked in. Is it's not fair? locked in? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's. But they're still alcoholics, aren't they, Bonnie? I think so. I think so too. I think so. Yeah, you and, know, and well, I think that uh, guys like me had to learn to have a tendency not to treat them as different. Right. Right. Right, right. We're all we're right. all alcoholics, and then from uh, and learn to to do that. And I think that was something that where God worked in my life too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry. No, about that's that. okay. Rabbit, rabbit trail, rabbit trail. <laughs> um, and so, if God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves, that implies that I tried to do it for myself. <laughs> you know, uh, but here's the thing: now, going back to reading the nine step promises in a meeting, and not qualifying them as the ninth step promises. Well, somebody please read the promises. And so then they read the promises and I'm hearing I'm a newcomer now. And I walked into the room and I am pissed off at God. I don't like God. I don't like my family raising of God. I don't like any of that stuff. And here I hear, we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And I'm thinking BS Uh, because I haven't done step one. I haven't done step two, step three. I haven't gone through the fourth step, you know, taking taking an honest self-assessment and cleaning house. I haven't done any of that. And all of a sudden, you're shoving God in my face here in the promises, like this is this great, wonderful realization that's going to happen to you on day three of sitting in a meeting. And it's not fair to do that to people. That's my beef. There you go. I think you said it right. That's your beef. That is my That's beef. That's a per- personal thing with you. It is a personal because thing. Because I happen to know, also know that you like the idea of well, you personally like the idea of God being, 
you know, in the steps because of your faith. Yes. You see. But you're talking about a person that comes in that's upset with God. But see, Monty, what are we teaching them that... that Aren't they uh, all upset with God when they come in? Most of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was. <laughs> I wasn't, I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, but we're all going to... We're going to do the steps and... When I I got a guy right now, and uh, he says, "No, I'm not mad at God." I said, "Put his name down there." And he's already done it. <laughs> and if, and if, there were some things he didn't know. Say, yeah. this is about a fact finding, fact facing proposition. Yeah. So it's just, well, I won't get into that. It's something different. But uh, uh, I I think that to go back to what you were saying that we worry about offending people when they first come in like that. But that's because of people and their emotional feelings. Yeah. And people come yeah. in and they were starting to become very meeting dependent. Right. And right. they weren't, they were sliding away from doing the steps because a lot of people didn't come in like you were talking about at a very higher level mm-hmm. of alcoholism. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They They didn't have, 20, 30 years of of uh, drinking and uh, the uh, uh, right destruction that comes with right, that. Right, right, right. Um, okay, now this is, I, I just love this. Are these extravagant promises? Okay, so it kind of addresses that. When you're listening to all this and you're hearing somebody read this and you're going, wow, that seems like a lot. You know, I mean, I, I can't even tie my shoelaces. Well, are these extravagant promises? We think not. We don't think they're they're, they're that extravagant. Um, they are being fulfilled among us sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. Now, this isn't the promise yet, but let me just say this. We use that phrase, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, and we attach it to all sorts of things in the fellowship. This is referring to the promises that come true as a result of the amends process. They come true sometimes quickly. They come true sometimes slowly. Why? Because sometimes we can't make an amends yet. Sometimes... Uh, even though we're willing to and are ready to do that when the opportunity arises, it just isn't arising yet. So it might be a slower process. Sometimes these promises come true quickly because people respond quickly and they go, you know what, don't worry about it. I love you. I'm glad you're sober. Give me a hug. You know, that that's a real quick promise coming true right now. Um, but I think when we attach some of these things, we turn them into platitudes and try to apply them to every aspect of the fellowship and the program, we do we do this literature in injustice. Sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly is talking about the promises coming true as a result of making amends. It's not talking about anything else. That's my take on it. It says they will always materialize if we work for them. So this is conditional. Like you were saying, Bruce. How are they going to materialize? If we work for them. This isn't the same thing as I'm working on my character defects because we know God does that. But when it comes to making amends, if we don't do this process, these promises are not going to come true. And so people wonder why none of them are coming true and they've done steps one through through eight. They've skipped over step nine because of fear, because they haven't understand fear in the inventory. And they go on about their business, and they can't understand why the promises haven't come true because they haven't done the work. Well, if somebody's using it, it to explain something that hasn't done the work, that's one thing. 
But if they've done the work and they understand that they're what this is, that they are talking about what you're saying, yeah. then I think to use it in other aspects of uh, of your life, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, is, yeah, is, yeah. Is, is proper. But I think you've got a real sticking point that with you. <laughs> well, I just hear a lot of people th- taking things out of context and using them as platitudes, and I, and I wonder if that's helpful. Well, I I think that it's like I say it. If 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 I was your sponsor, Monty, yeah, I would have you do the steps around that. Of course, you would. Because <laughs> <laughs> you think I have a resentment about that. No, I don't. Oh, I have a resentment that you think I have a resentment. <laughs> That's that's hilarious, isn't it? It, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so so Marv, um, have you experienced many of these promises as a result of working for him? Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to add one thing. That, you bet. And and I kind of lost track of where I was at uh, when we got into the last part of this, but. Um, <clears throat> One thing that I think is important, it's been important to me um, through this stuff, and that's, uh, um, let me put it this way, there's a lot of power in observation. Mm. And and I personally spend a lot of time observing. I know you do, yeah. And and, uh, because, I'm not sure this would be absolutely correct, but... Because I do that, I believe that there's a lot of things uh, that I see and experience that helps me with these uh, kinds of things we're talking about right here. Um, Self-seeking will slip away. Um, My whole attitude is changing, you know, and I believe in part, not all of it, because... uh, like you, you just got through saying you get you have to work for them. Yeah, but uh, it has to do with um, being very observant. Uh, what's going on around you, and I don't mean just at meetings. I mean every day in life, going yeah. down the road, going to the store, uh, cleaning horse pens. <laughs> you know, whatever yeah. it is you're doing. Yeah. You know, always be a little more observant and. <clears throat> I, I, to be honest, I think God likes that. I don't think He wants us just to be kind of going around like robots and doing this and that. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> if you're running around, and this is just me now, don't get mad at me, but if you're running around with headphones on and uh, jogging and stuff or texting continually while you're walking around the mall, uh, you are not being observant. No, you're not. You know, and your brain is taking in all this noise you're getting from these headphones. And uh, I just an idea. You know, that's all I, I'm saying. I think you're right. Well, mm. let, let mm. me go ahead. I'm done. Okay, well, let me say this. One of the most interesting things I've ever seen on Facebook, on social networking, were two words. Um. Somebody said, if you had two words to tell yourself 
if you could go back in time and talk to yourself as a teenager, what would those two words be? And people wrote all sorts of things. Somebody said, rock out, you know. Somebody said, don't, don't do drugs. Somebody else said, that's three words, you moron. I mean, you know, something like that. But this one guy, I loved, he said, pay attention. <clears throat> I think that's awesome. Yeah. Pay attention. So yeah. there is a piece in the book that talks about what the amends is for me. And, mm -hmm. and it's, I have it underlined in every book I've. I have for Alcoholics Anonymous. It says, we go to him in a helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feelings and expressing our regret. See, mm. if, you, if you go to a person with that kind of heart, with a helpful and forgiving spirit, thought <clears throat> okay, about you. And I know you're cleaning up your side of the street. There are benefits that we reap from all kinds of promises and everything else. But it's an altruistic movement. The yeah. unselfish concern for another human being. That's what we're trying to learn because we're selfish and self centered yeah. people. Yes, and if we and if that is at the root of our problem, which it says, then we better be digging deep. Mm -hmm. And if you don't pay attention in all these things like yeah. We've all talked about here today and expressed uh, that's not going to happen. Wow. Boy, isn't that the truth? Pay attention. You've got to pay attention. And I'm afraid that many times our meeting halls and our 12-step support meetings could very possibly be filled with a lot of really good intentions. But have we stopped paying attention to the directions in the big book? Have we stopped paying attention to the directions of our creator? Maybe we need to pay closer attention. Hey, listen, if you'd like to download this show, you can do that for fun and for free. All you have to do is visit us at take12radio.com. Click on Follow Me on Podomatic. You can also get us on iHeartRadio, on iTunes, and all social media platforms as well, including YouTube. Until our next broadcast. This is the Monty Man, and I am wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Kitty, 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 kitty.